That's in the Bible, episode 26, Two Resurrections. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello, and welcome back to That's in the Bible. We're glad that you have joined us here. We are starting out a new year with That's in the Bible at 2010, and we've got a whole new set of topics and things to cover that we have found in the Bible. And today we'll be looking at two resurrections with a question mark on the end of that. Right, Matt? That's right. So we'll be looking at that, and this is also January... Uh, the start of the new year, and this is a one-year anniversary for That's in the Bible. So, thank, thank God we were able to continue on, and even though it looked like maybe we had fallen asleep at the switch there for the uh, the month of December, we were actually all kind of pretty busy, and there was some a bit of illness going around, And uh, but we're back, Lord willing, and, and ready to bring you another year of topics and things found in the Bible. And joining us today are... Pastor Strobel and uh, Steve and Matt, how's everybody? Doing well here. Doing very well, thank you. It almost sounded like you forgot our names there for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a month. Well, a while. (laughs) I wanted to get the titles right. Be sure and do that. So, uh, yeah. No, I remember everyone. Even though I haven't seen everyone in a while, I do remember everyone. So, how's everybody doing? What's new? Well, I always think of that quote from Ecclesiastes, there's no new thing under the sun. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, Well, what's new? Let's see with me. We're looking forward to, uh, it's about about a month away, but uh, we have a youth meeting coming up in February that we attend. And I know that um, uh, Brother Steve has attended a number of times and uh, Eric, you and Matt got to go last year. That's the Youth Ablaze held over in Chile. Uh, we get a good crowd of folks from uh, all over New York and then uh, several other stra- states. We're looking forward to that. And so that's one thing uh, on the list. We're actually getting ready to go to a choir practice there with the young people on Saturday. And uh, uh, getting things going with the new year that and a number of other things so steve are you finally finished uh singing all your cantatas and all those whatever things you were doing (laughs) well yeah we had uh, a couple of uh uh, i'll call them performances i don't like the word being in a christian context but but uh, we uh, did uh, handel's messiah uh, twice at the beginning of uh, december and there was a lot of things going on with that, a lot of rehearsals and, and uh, things going on. And we did a uh, uh, cantata with a number of, of Baptist churches in the area. And we did that uh, about in the middle of the month and had good response to that. A lot of uh, people came, not just saved people, we had a lot of lost people that came for it. And, and it went off very, very well. And some people made some uh, professions of faith. Mm-hmm. We're glad for that. And um, not just counting the things that we do in our own church. And um, here recently, we, we just had a, a couple of deaths of, of uh, 
some people, and I was uh, my my pastor calls me the cantor of our of our church when it comes to funerals, and and uh, uh, cantor is a is a singer, and so I I sang uh, for them on Monday and Tuesday of this week. So I've just been really busy. Had the boys home from uh, Bible school and. We did uh, some singing for uh, some people that, in fact, one of the fellows that we sang for uh, happened to be one of them that passed away uh, here just uh, this last week, but we went up and sang Christmas carols to him and another fellow from our church that was in the hospital at the time. And then uh, those of you that are are, uh, regulars with that's in the Bible. You might remember me talking about a fellow that uh, has Parkinson's disease, or not Parkinson's, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. And we had a benefit for him some time ago. And he's in the, the last days. Uh, he's not able to eat any food right now. And they're just getting drops of water into his system through a dropper. And because he just, with that disease, you can't swallow. Your swallow reflex just doesn't work. And uh, they just got him back from the hospital, I believe, today uh, with uh, kind of a morphine drip thing so they can manage uh, the pain and kind of keep him comfortable while he's at home. They've had hospice in there for him. But during uh, on Christmas Eve, my family and, and two other families went over and, and sang Christmas carols to him and gave gift to the, to the family and and just tried to, you know, be a blessing and and uh, uh, to the family and to John, uh, who's probably seen his last Christmas. So, uh, just just things along that line. Just uh, busy all the time. And then, as you mentioned earlier, had a round of sickness and kind of laid me up for a week and a half or better. So, uh, all in all, we're back and and ready to go and and ready to. Uh, uh, take on the challenge of another year with that's in the Bible. Amen. Amen. How about you, Matt? Uh, it's pretty much same old, like uh, Pastor Strobel said. I mean, uh, it's just, uh, you know, going on. Uh, I got a, a blessing. I've been uh, <clears throat> uh, been sick as well. I uh, went to uh, Brother Steve's a couple weeks ago and I uh, got it from uh, his son. <laughs> so I blame your son for that. Uh, but I've uh, been getting better, and uh, it's just a, it's a blessing to be back on this. You know, I've missed it, and uh, it's good fellowship too. I mean, it's Amen. it's uh, it's just a blessing to be on it, and and uh, we tell uh, Eric all the time he should record the conversations before <laughs> and afterwards, <laughs> and uh, just because it's just it's so good, you know, and and it's a fun time, but. But, that's, that's, uh, didn't I tell you that? I have been recording those. And <laughs> those are going to be on the, uh, well, right now, the anniversary CD that's coming out. <laughs> so you'll be looking the for outtakes. that. This, the outtakes, yeah. right. Behind the uh, scenes at That's in the Bible. But everything's been good. You know, I've been, uh, um, I don't know if I've mentioned it here on this, uh, on this podcast, but I've been uh, studying for uh, about seven months now um, from Charity Baptist Bible Institute. It's uh, it's a correspondence course that I do, and uh, and just been going on with that. It's just amazing. And if if anybody uh, wants to learn the Bible and uh, can't go away to Bible college, um, it's definitely I would say is the best thing that you could do. And mm-hmm. it's uh, Charity Baptist Bible Institute. It's out of uh, Dayton, Ohio, and uh, the founder is uh, and president of the institute is uh, Pastor Greg Estep. And uh, just it's just been such a blessing to me and. 
and just to be able to come home after work and uh, just sit down and, and listen to the in-classroom teaching and uh, just be able to do that. It's just, it gets me excited. And, and, and actually, uh, for some reason, I'm thinking about this now, but just this last Sunday, I was in church in the morning and there's a group of people that sit in the front of us. And, uh, and you know, when I, when I get excited about the words that we're singing and those good old hymns, I, I sometimes shout amen. And uh, sometimes a little bit loud, and, uh, and there was uh, there was some uh, a family that sits in front of us, but their sons are home from college. Uh, they go to Pensacola Christian College, and uh, I guess I scared one of them. And uh, at, night, <laughs> at nighttime, I came back, and uh, the whole choir was up there too, and they must have saw him jump. So they all came up to me and were laughing, and uh, and then his father actually came up to me and said, "Well." Did, you know when you said amen this morning? And I said, well, I didn't really remember it, but I, I guess I did. And uh, he said, well, you scared my son. And, and the reason why is because they don't allow uh, amens at that at that church or, or school. And, You're kidding me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could not believe it. And uh, I, I mean, <laughs> so many times you can't help it. I mean, you get excited. and, and uh, But uh, I don't know why I went off on that rabbit trail, but, but I thought that was pretty funny and, and uh, sad at the same time. <laughs> Not It'll ruin able. the performance or something. Yeah, right? It's not the proper decorum. <laughs> but I thought that was pretty shocking and funny. Well, when you mentioned that, Matt, that, that reminded me of, of when you were here. Uh, oh. We had oh. gone to, we had oh, no. gone to City Mission. You scared people there, too? Well, no. We, I mean, we really had a, a, a real blessing. Uh, we went to City Mission. Matt went along with us. And uh, who preached that time? That was David that preached that night, right? No, Dave Crest preached. Right. Dave Crest preached that night, and uh, after normally we go to friendlies afterwards, and we have some ice cream and have Bible study and and things like that. And it's been a good uh, discipleship and and uh, fellowship for for some of the guys that go to City Mission. But this time we decided to come over to my house afterwards, and we had a sing along. What what we call a sing along, and I've uh, got some old hymnals that we have and passed them out and Jen my daughter plays the piano and we just take requests of who wants to sing what and you know and and we just sang for hours Amen. and uh, I mean it was it, it got really good the spirit was real good the song uh, the singing was great they were singing loud and and uh, the shouts were going out and, and uh, praising praising God and and uh, it was it was just really really good and there we don't ban amens or <laughs> praise the Lord or, or hallelujah or lifting up your arms and hands to God and and praising Him for His marvelous grace. So Amen. when you said that, it just it reminded me of it, and that's something else that took place during that uh, our hiatus here. So we really had a good time. Amen. I, I was wondering when they were going to come up. <laughs> well, Eric, what about you? What have you been doing all this time? I been, I've been uh, I've been take laying low on this uh, little vacation we've had, uh, just uh, doing some work and kind of laying low. I did want to ask Matt though on on the, all those Bible studies that you've been doing, Matt, and we'll have a link also up for Charity Baptist uh, if you wanted to to check that out. You can go to our website at uh, that's in the Bible com. But I wanted to ask Matt now, uh, what what grades have you received uh, on those courses? <laughs> the reason why he's saying this is because uh, I've done twelve courses so far, but I haven't uh, mailed anything in yet, and Same. I've taken the tests and I have not mailed them in. So 
The, I just I just want to point that out that anybody can take the test. It's it's actually uh, passing the test that that really counts. So Eric, so, how many tests? What kind of grades did you get on your test? Well, I think they were pretty much all A's, a few A minuses in there. Is but that right? uh, oh. I, I, com- I completed that first uh, round of courses that Matt's trying to get through. <laughs> He's afraid. He's afraid that I'm going to pass him now. So. So that's the only ammunition he has against me right now is that I haven't mailed them in you yet. Actually, you actually have to like send them in, man, <laughs> and then we can talk. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's going to be funny. I'm going to give him about 12, 13 uh, courses that I've taken. And two and years I, later, he's going to be overwhelmed over his score that and send them back to you. Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot of tests to be sending it at one time. Yeah, <laughs> I'll send a letter of apology with it. Yeah. All right, so uh, we don't technically have a quote of the day, but we, um, Pastor Strobel, was telling us a little bit before we started here about a book that that uh, he's going through, and um, you want to talk a little bit about that, Pastor Strobel? Yes, I'll, I'll give you a quote from the title of the book, and let me preface it with uh, Scripture in Second Timothy chapter two, verse three, where the Bible says, "Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ," and. Uh, often throughout the years, uh, that verse has been an exhortation to me, and I've used it to uh, exhort others in the idea of enduring hardness as Christians. It's not always easy, um, and sometimes people complain that uh, uh, it's hard to do right. And uh, to that, I always answer, uh, it's harder to do wrong than it is to do right, or something along those lines, because the Bible says the way of transgressors is hard, and Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Nonetheless, there are some difficult things we have to go through as Christians. And so when people get complaining about how hard it is, I'll, I just try to give them a little exhortation that, well, then, then if it's hard, well, do something hard. Sometimes you've got to do something hard. And I came across a, a book um, recently written by a couple of uh, Christian teenagers, and the title is Do Hard Things. And it reminded me of this concept and uh, the idea of the teenagers, um, the young men, Alex and Brett Harris, their twin brothers, uh, co-wrote this. Uh, their idea of this is a teenage rebellion against low expectations. And they're trying to get into the mindset of uh, Christian teens and, and, uh, and teens who maybe would become Christians that um, you don't have to just settle for the status quo. And really the status quo is, is lower than what the status quo ought to be much by, by a lot. But uh, they challenge them to to have character, to to grow, to to get something done, to not waste your your years of youth, but to to use them. And um, they've actually been uh, been well received. Uh, they started this with a website, and uh, I was looking it up a little while ago just to get you the exact um, name of it, and it's called the Revolution. Dot com and revolution is not revolution with a V but with a with a B it's the word rebel and then uh, with uh, U T I O N after that or you could look up a revolution on, on Google and and you'll find it there but uh, it's just again a couple young men that uh, they're challenged by their their own Christian parents and and their dad and excelling for the Lord and like a lot of things. Um, we may not accept or agree with everything we read in, in a book like this, or even you may not uh, even agree with everything on the website, and I haven't thoroughly checked out the website, but I just learned to uh, eat the meat and throw away the bones. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'll tell you, the concept is is excellent, and um, uh, I've got a good start on the book. and I'm looking forward to going through it and um, challenging uh, some young people with these concepts. Amen. And then there's so, a- 
So I was just going to say, so, so they, again, the quote would be, do hard things. Amen. I was just going to say, there's a couple of other things coming up that if uh, folks are looking for some, uh, I don't know if activities is the right word, but if they're looking for some good preaching, there's Youth Ablaze. And, um, and do you happen to have the, uh, the exact uh, dates for that? Uh, yes, that will be February the 18th through the 20th. It starts on Thursday night, runs all day Friday, and then closes off with a Saturday morning uh, slash early afternoon session. And um, it's uh, well, worth the, well worth the effort to get there if you can make it. And that's just right outside of Rochester, New York? Yes, it's in Chile, New York, and the services are actually going to be held at the uh, Cultural Life Center at Roberts Wesleyan College. The the uh, whole event is sponsored by Chile Bible Baptist Church and um, uh, also like-minded uh, independent Baptist churches around the area. We we group together, and we just have a great time over there. Amen. And then there's also, for those of you uh, that can make it and are maybe even in the South, there's the Bad Attitude Baptist Blowout that's being held February 18th through the 21st at uh, Bible Baptist Church in uh, Pensacola, Florida. Amen. So, and I know you guys have been there, but Matt and I will be going for the first time. Amen. Excited to go. Another place well worth going if you can make it. Amen. Amen. While you're on it, I'll just throw it out. Um, a couple things. Uh, I don't know where our listeners are all located, but um, uh, we all have churches in our area. We'd, I'd certainly like to invite them to ours. We're in Lockport, New York, and the church is First Bible Baptist Church. And uh, you could, uh, with that information, certainly find out where we're located uh, or look it up and, and give me a call. But um, uh, First Bible Baptist Church, we're on Lincoln Avenue in Lockport, New York. And then at the end of the month, too, I'm actually preaching in Connecticut at another church by the same name, uh, First Bible Baptist Church in Plainville, Connecticut. And if we have anybody listening out there, we certainly invite you to uh, contact uh, that church and, and join us or, or just uh, even visit the church uh, when you get a chance. Amen. 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 I have a, actually I have a praise too. I know we got to get started here, but I have a praise. Uh, it just uh, definitely lifted me up a little bit and lifted my spirits up. But <clears throat> there's a, a girl that I work with. Uh, her name's Tadra, and uh, she saved. And um, she said that her sister actually was um, doubting that you know she believed that she could lose her salvation. She didn't believe that at first, but I believe you know she didn't know the whole uh, standing in state and uh, things like that. And uh, so she got real worried, and, and so Tadra said, could I actually get a burn CD of uh, one-year uh, shows, you know, Can You Lose Your Salvation? So I gave that to her, and uh, the CD actually didn't work, because she doesn't have an MP3 player. I gave her an MP3 CD, and uh, so I guess she went on uh, line, and she started listening to our shows, and the, one of the first ones that she listened to was, uh, uh, Brother Steve, it was yours, Our Christian's Really Nuts. And uh, she said, uh, I mean, that was just such a blessing, she said, for her. And, and you know, go, you went over the standing in state um, and things like that. And I think that really helped her out a lot. And, uh, and then Tadra said that she got so excited, she called up Tadra, you know, and, and said, and now I'm going to listen to this one. And then after that one, I'm going to listen to this one. And she was listening <laughs> off all the things that she's going to listen to. So praise the Lord. If she's listening now, I'm not sure of what her name is, but I just want to let you know that that definitely lifted up my spirits. And, and uh, just what a blessing it is to see that somebody else is uh, just enjoying the Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I also see the person by the name of Ariana is continuing to check out our website and respond to so amen mm-hmm. and Say pray for some uh 
from good some good Bible churches out there. I don't know if there is any. She said that there's not even any really Bibles out there in, in Finland, right? Finland, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I just on that note, um, we support some missionaries that uh, are in Finland and they just have arrived. So if you guys can let me know maybe the location, we could find out if it's in the same vicinity. Okay, Definitely. we will do. All right, well, uh, in, interested to see what the this uh, Two Resurrections is all about. So we're going to have Matt. Matt, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so here we go. Taking away Matthew. All right, guys, I appreciate it, and and uh, I just uh, I just appreciate the opportunity to be able to do this, and I, I thank uh, the Lord Jesus Christ first of all for uh, just saving my soul and and uh, allowing me to be able to do this podcast and and be a part of it, and uh, and the question is here, and the title of the uh, of the study today is two resurrections, and a lot of people have a lot of ideas of what a resurrection really is, and there's a lot of people that don't believe in a resurrection. Uh, you talk to a lot of people on the streets today. And many of them say, well, there's going to be no resurrection after this. Uh, You know, we just go into the dust and that's it. And uh, we'll just be asleep forevermore, that there's going to be nothing more. Uh, But again, uh, this podcast is called That's in the Bible. And we care about what God says. And the bottom line is, is just because people don't believe something, it doesn't mean that uh, it's not true. You know, if God says it's going to come to pass, it's going to come to pass. And uh, that's what I want to look at tonight uh, is two resurrections. And when we're going through this, I just want you to... Um, think about it in your head and uh, truly uh, just ponder about what resurrection you're going to be part of. Now, there's two resurrections I'm going to be talking about. And uh, the first thing I want to do, though, is I want to show in uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 23, uh, if you go there with me real quick, uh, there were some people, a group of people that actually did not believe in a resurrection from the dead. They didn't believe in a physical uh, bodily resurrection. And uh, this group of religious people uh, was called the Sadducees. And in Matthew chapter 22, verse 23, the Bible says, The same day came to him, came to Jesus Christ, the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrections, uh, no resurrection. So uh, there's a little joke about this, but it actually helps me remember this about the Sadducees, that they didn't believe that there was a resurrection. And uh, you could say that they were sad, you see. And uh, the reason why is because they didn't believe that there's going to be a resurrection. I mean, there's no hope if there's no resurrection. Uh, but the resurrection, it's a Bible doctrine. And it's mentioned throughout the scriptures all the way from Genesis to Revelation. And uh, you can't get past it. The bottom line is, like I said before, if somebody doesn't believe something that is true, you, uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's going to come to pass if God said it. And uh, go to Romans chapter 3 and we'll see that. Romans chapter 3. And uh, we're going to start in verse 3. The Bible says, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? I mean, that's what you see today is all these people, you show them the word of God, and they say, oh, I don't believe that. You know, even though God wrote that, I don't believe it. Well, the bottom line is, just because they don't believe it, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, God says it's going to come to pass, and uh, it's not going to have an effect at all on what God says is going to happen. And then look down to verse 4. God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. The bottom line is, if somebody says something and it goes against the word of God, contrary to the word of God, uh, you have to take what God says and throw out man's words. Um, you know, we're told in Second Peter chapter 3, we've gone over this verse many times. In verse 3, the Bible says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, which I truly believe we're in, 
It says, in the last days, scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this, they willingly are ignorant. Now, I've said this before on this podcast. Uh, this willingly ignorant here in the Greek, uh, it's translated dumb on purpose. Uh, in the Hebrew, it's uh, they're just being willingly stupid. And the reason why is because, listen, God said that these things are going to come to pass, that he's going to come back. There's a promise of his coming. There's going to be resurrections from the dead. And uh, the bottom line is just because people say uh, that there isn't one or there isn't going to be a couple, it doesn't mean that it's not true. And the reason why they say that is because they're walking after their own lust, this Bible says right here in this passage, that they don't want, you know, if they go to this word of God and they have to believe it, then it rains on the parade. You know, they have fun in their lusts, what, in the things that they do, the sins that they do. If they have to take this uh, word of God true, uh, they'd have to get rid of a lot of things they do. Now, we've said this before. We take this word of God here, that's in the Bible, as is in truth, the word of God, which you see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Uh, you know, the bottom line is whether you believe it or not, you know, it really doesn't matter. The bottom line is if you don't believe it now, you will later. And uh, God says you'll have no excuse and that you should believe it now. I mean, the bottom line is that these things are going to come to pass. Now, before I go into the uh, meat of the uh, topic here tonight, I want to just go to the Lord in prayer uh, and just uh, seek his face for a minute. And dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for this time, Lord, that we're able to come. I thank you, uh, Lord, that uh, Lord, that there are listeners, uh, Lord, that are listening to this. I pray that, Lord, you'll take me out of the way, that you'll uh, fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and and Lord, just I pray that you'll help me through this study, Lord. And uh, Lord, I've been sick lately and, and I'm on medication, Lord. I pray that you'll help me, Lord, and, and uh, give me the words to speak. And I pray for the hearts that are out there that are listening to this, Lord, that, uh, Lord, it'll touch their hearts and we'll all be changed, Lord, every time we hear your word of God uh, to uh, have a closer relationship with you, Lord. And I thank you uh, for everything you've done for us. Most importantly, Lord, salvation through your uh, son, Lord Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I want to look at the, uh, the resurrections. Now, the bottom line is, like we said before, there's a lot of people that don't believe that there, is, uh, there, there actually is resurrections. Now, I want to show you from the Old and New Testament, first of all, before we get into what these two resurrections are, that there actually is uh, prophecy about the resurrections, and there actually was other resurrections that took place. Now, look in uh, Job chapter 19. Job chapter 19, and we'll see here that Job actually believed in, in uh, his Redeemer's resurrection, and uh, he also believed in his own. Now look in Job chapter 19 and verse 25, it says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall, shall I see God, whom I shall... Uh, uh, for myself in mine eyes shall behold and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. I mean, here you have Job talking about that these worms are going to destroy his body. But then it says right after that, yet in my flesh shall I see God. So there's something going on here where all of his flesh is destroyed by these worms. But then somehow again, he gets his flesh back that he's going to be able to stand before his God. Now, in Psalm chapter 16, we'll see about uh, David prophesying about Jesus Christ's resurrection. Uh, you've got people even today talking about, oh, Jesus Christ didn't uh, rise from the dead. Um, you know, that's just a fairy tale, um, things like that. But the bottom line is that in the Old Testament, uh, there's, there's many, many prophecies of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they've all come, uh, come to pass uh, perfectly. 
And here in Psalm chapter 16, verse 9, the Bible says, Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also, also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Um, now look over in Acts, Acts chapter 2, and we'll see this be fulfilled. And, uh, and actually give us more description on this passage on what uh, David's actually talking about. Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 23. Actually, go up to verse 22. Uh, this is Peter speaking. He says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourself also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken him by wicked hands, have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh, uh, speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad, moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy and with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. So David here, uh, in Psalm chapter uh, 16, was prophesying about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that actually comes to pass, that he rose from the dead. Now, in the Old Testament, the prophets actually looked for a resurrection. Now, if you look in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 19, the Bible says, Thy dead man shall live together with my dead body, shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of the herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. So the Bible is talking about here, about a time, a resurrection, when the earth is actually going to cast out those that are in the dust, those that are in the ground that have been buried, and it's going to cast them right out. You see this also in Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Here we see the resurrection, but we see two resurrections. You have uh, right here, some to everlasting life. That's the first resurrection. The second one, and some to, uh, uh, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Uh, later on, we'll see that the Bible says that God says, blessed are they that have the part of the first resurrection. Uh, if you're listening to this tonight uh, and you're not sure which resurrection you're going to be in, uh, just keep listening because it's very important. Because God says, you can see it right here, it doesn't look good to be in the second resurrection. You want to be and take part of the first resurrection. Now, if you look also in the Old Testament, Abraham believed that God would raise Isaac, his son, from the dead. And we see that uh, in Genesis chapter 22, the very first uh, few verses, that he's told by God to uh, take his son and uh, actually offer him up. And, uh, and go to Hebrews chapter 11, though. We'll see about this, about what, um, uh, what Abraham actually believed that God could do, even if Abraham offered up his son as an, as an offering to God as a sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, Abraham believed in a resurrection. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, 
By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. In verse 19 here we see it, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So Abraham knew that even if he offered up his son Isaac uh, with that knife and killed him, and it was even goes on further and talks about actually uh, putting him through the fire, uh, as a burnt offering. The bottom line is he knew that even though that flesh would have uh, been burnt up, that God would actually resurrect him, not only uh, just uh, the, the burnt timbers there, but it actually would go into a full resurrected body, as we saw there with Job. Um, I'm not going to go over all these, but there's several accounts in the Old Testament of people being raised from the dead. And we'll put those on the show notes. Uh, I'll show you just one here. Uh, we'll go to Second Kings. And uh, turn the Second Kings with me, real quick. Well, the bottom line is these uh, Sadducees here—they didn't believe the Word of God, um, and that's the bottom line. Of what happens today? I mean, you go to people all the time, and you say, "Hey, look at this. This is what the Word of God says. This isn't what I say. This is what the Word of God says." They're just like the Sadducees. They—they they say, "Oh, you know, that's fine. I—I I see that you see it there in the Bible, but I don't believe it." And uh, the amazing thing is, is that this is all throughout the Old Testament that there actually is a resurrection. They should have known that, but they didn't believe the word of God. Now, 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, verse 32. And when Elijah was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. So this child's dead. He comes unto this child and he's already dead. Verse 33, he went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. So you can see here that the child was dead, but then he comes alive again. Go to uh, 2 Kings chapter 13. And Second uh, Kings chapter thirteen, we see another resurrection uh, of the dead here. Second Second uh, Kings chapter thirteen, verse twenty-one. The Bible says, "And it came to pass as they were burying a man, that behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulchre of Elijah. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he received and stood up on his feet." So we see here that all these people in the Old Testament. Uh, prophesied, and actually there were actual accounts of people that were dead uh, rise again upon their feet. Now, we have a lot of uh, New Testament proofs of this resurrection. Uh, uh, the biggest one is Jesus Christ talking about that there was going to be a resurrection. If you go to John chapter 5, verse 28, he says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, verse 29, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So this is talking about here the two resurrections. Now, uh, we saw that up again before in the other verses, but here it says that the first resurrection is called the resurrection of life, and then there's going to be a second resurrection, which is uh, for those that have done evil, and that's the resurrection of damnation. So again, you want to have part of the first resurrection and not the second resurrection. Um, there's other accounts, um, John chapter 11 Verse 23, uh, this is where uh, Jesus Christ comes to Martha, and her son Lazarus has uh, died. And uh, Jesus saith unto her, thy, uh, I'm sorry, her, his, her brother, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 
Uh, I just want to stop there just for a second. That just amazes me right there. Here's Martha. She's no Bible scholar at all. She had the Old Testament in her hands, and she knew that there was going to be a resurrection at the last day. Now, here you have these Sadducees. These are some scholarly men uh, that are this great um, uh, religious people that did not believe in a resurrection from the dead. They didn't believe the Word of God. I, I think that's a, a perfect spiritual application to us today that, uh, you know, just like Martha, we can be just like Martha. We can have the Word of God. It doesn't matter how much education we have. Uh, as long as we believe this book, we'll have more faith, we'll have more knowledge and more wisdom that God will give us than any other scholar that could ever. You don't need to know Greek, Hebrew. All you need is this King James Bible and, uh, and to be saved and to believe the Word of God. And God will show you what you need to see. And uh, he'll give you more knowledge than anybody else. But uh, here Martha knew and believed the Old Testament resurrections. And uh, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me... Though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? So Jesus Christ talked about this resurrection. Uh, also, we'll, we'll go here also later. Um, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15 talks a lot about a resurrection. Now, uh, the apostle John, he also saw two resurrections again. And uh, we'll look at this a little bit later, but that's in Revelation chapter 20. And uh, now Christ, Jesus Christ himself, raised people from the dead. And uh, go to John chapter 11. So we got Old Testament proofs of this, and we've got New Testament proofs of this. And still, people don't believe that, that God can raise people from the dead. Uh, John chapter 11, verse 43. And uh, let's see. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, loose him. And let him go. I mean, here you've got Jesus Christ. I mean, people say that Jesus Christ was not God in, in human flesh. Uh, they don't believe that he was the son of God. But I tell you what, Jesus Christ had the power to resurrect somebody from the dead. There is nobody else that can do that other than God. And the, the, uh, the Jews knew that. And they were scared of him, uh, the, uh, the religious leaders, because they were scared of their jobs. And that's why they wanted to stone him and kill him. Now, um, Jesus himself was raised from the dead. And uh, that's all throughout the Bible. But let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is the most important thing that you can get uh, if you're listening tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we hear so many times about the gospel. Uh, you know, a lot of people have, there's this fall as gospels. I mean, uh, if you look in Galatians chapter 1 verse 8, uh, the Bible talks about if any other person preach any other gospel, even if it be an angel, let him be accursed. Uh, this gospel right here is the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, Moreover, brethren, 
I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and then he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and then he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. Uh, after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. Um, I mean, here you got Jesus Christ. He was seen by above 500 people, and uh, you understand the law of court, even if there was two or three eyewitnesses, that's, that's fine. That's all they need, and that's, that's true. And here you got about 500 people saw his resurrected body uh, come out of that tomb. Um, now, you say, well, what's the importance of all these resurrections? You know, we talk about these, uh, these two resurrections that I'm going to be talking about right now. What's the importance of them? Well, the bottom line is, especially the, the uh, importance of Jesus Christ's resurrection, uh, talks about our resurrection. I mean, if you're hoping for eternal life with a glorified body, uh, you better hope that uh, you're washed under the blood of Jesus Christ. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, again, and uh, verse 11 Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. Verse 12, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Which we were talking about before. There are so many people in this world that say there is no resurrection of the dead. Verse 13, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are also found witness, uh, false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Listen, it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that, uh, that washes away our sins. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. I mean, he went up on the mercy seat up on high um, in heaven. And he, uh, he put that blood upon that mercy seat that washes away our sins. That's the only way that we could go to heaven by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look here in verse 18. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. These are those uh, uh, saints that have, fallen, that, have, uh, uh, ha that have died and their bodies have gone to the grave. If, uh, verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in, in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So Jesus Christ is the main, uh, main person that everything hinges on. And uh, he's the main reason or the main um, thing that's going to decide whether you're going to be part of the first resurrection or part of the second resurrection. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the nature of the resurrections, what they're all about. Now, these resurrections are going to be a bodily resurrection. Now, before I go any further, uh, the bottom line is when you die, say you die tonight, God forbid. Now, if you die, your body is going to be dead. It's just going to be limp and it's going to be buried into the ground. Uh, your spirit goes right back to God the Father. And uh, we've gone over this. I'm not going to take the time to go over all this. But uh, if you look in uh, our studies on body, soul, and spirit, and also did Jesus Christ really go to hell, it's got a lot of this kind of stuff, uh, and also the underworld, I think, as well, um, on uh, where your soul goes. But the bottom line is your spirit goes back to the Father that gave it, and that's in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and Ecclesiastes chapter 12. 
And then you've also got uh, your soul. Your soul is either going to go to heaven or it's going to go to hell. And it's dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ, what you do with Jesus Christ. But what this resurrection is talking about here is a literal bodily resurrection. Those that are in the graves. So uh, what we're talking about here is that it's universal. Now, what that means is that everybody that's in the graves are going to be taken out. But you got to understand that it's uh, that there is two resurrections and they're separated by a thousand years, a thousand years. And I'll show you that. Now, um, if you look in Revelation chapter 20, go with, real quick with me to Revelation chapter 20. We're going to see that. And it talks about these two resurrections. Revelation chapter 20 in verse 5. Actually, let's go. Let's see. Verse 4, and I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So everything before the thousand year reign of Christ all deals with the first resurrection. Um, and then there's a resurrection of the dead. It says right here in verse five, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. And so we see that the second resurrection has to do with those that did not come up um, with, uh, with the blood of Jesus Christ upon them. And you'll see that in verse 11. So Revelation 20, 11, and I saw a great white throne. Actually, let's go to verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 11, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead. Now here's that dead that verse 5 was talking about. Um, small and great stand before God and the books were opened. Now this is the white throne judgment. This is the judgment that you don't want to go to. I mean, these are the unsaved people that are going to the, the, to the white throne judgment to be judged by their works by God. And it talks about that these uh, bodies are going to be resurrected and taken up to that, uh, that, that throne. You don't want to go up to that resurrection. You want to have part of the first resurrection. So let's go over the resurrections. Now the first resurrection you have to understand is actually in three parts. And, uh, the best way to think about it and how God actually does it is that, um, is that it's likened to the laws of the Jewish harvest. Now, even if you have a little garden or any kind of a harvest, a field, you know that there's three parts. You got the first fruits. Now, the first fruits is uh, some things ripen faster than others. There's not going to be a whole lot, but there's going to be some that ripen faster. And you have to pluck those before those uh, become sour and stagnant. And you have to take those. And those will be the first fruits, the first ones that you take. Then you've got the harvest, the main harvest, when you go out there and you take uh, most of the crops that are all ready and ripe. But then after that, you've got what's called the gleanings. And that is that there's going to be some left over that haven't ripened uh, up until now, um, until after the harvest is, the main harvest is done. And you take those. And that's what the first resurrection is about. And you might say, well, this is, this is confusing. Well, let's look at the first resurrection in these three parts. Now, the first resurrection, God says that there's a definite order to these resurrections. Uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 again with me, and we'll see this first resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And verse 22. Um, we read over this before, but again it says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. 
but every man in his own order. So there's an order of these resurrections here. Christ the first fruits. So there you got Jesus Christ. We were talking about the first fruits there. So that's the first fruits. Afterward, they that are at Christ's coming. That would be the harvest. And then 24, then cometh the end. The end would be the tribulation and afterwards, the white throne judgment. So the bottom line is you've got Jesus Christ. He's the first fruits. And then you've got after that, those that are at, uh, those that are at Christ that is coming. So we're looking for Jesus Christ to come now. That is the rapture. But before I get ahead of myself, let's look at the first fruits. Uh, we saw here that Jesus Christ is the first fruits, but there's also others that came up uh, with him when he got out of the tomb. Now, when you look, um, let's see, go to Matthew chapter 27. Jesus Christ is not the only one that uh, takes part in that, uh, that first fruits of the first resurrection there. Let's see, Matthew chapter 27. Something amazing actually happened when, he, when Jesus Christ came out of the tomb. Uh, not many people know about this, and, and I've read over this many times, and, and uh, it took me a few times to read over it again until I actually understood what was going on. But in Matthew chapter 27, look at verse 52. And the Bible says, And the graves were opened. Actually, um, well, actually, yeah, 52. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, talking about Jesus Christ, and went into the holy city and appeared on the many. So this uh, first resurrection, which is called the resurrection of the just, uh, the resurrection of life, uh, is in three parts. And the first part here is the first fruits. Jesus Christ rising from the dead. Um, out of that tomb. And then also when he did that, he also took a whole bunch of the Old Testament saints uh, out of those graves. Uh, if you, you go over to Jesus Christ, really go to hell um, in the underworld, things like that. We were talking about when Jesus Christ went uh, under there, he went to the uh, those souls that were in uh, Abraham's bosom or paradise. And then he led captivity captive. So what happened was those souls met up with those bodies and they got out of there. And uh, and so you see that's the first fruits, the first part um, to the uh, first resurrection. Now let's look at the second part of the uh, first resurrection here. You've got the harvest. Now this is the rapture. Uh, we saw that in First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 through, uh, 23, which is talking about those uh, when Jesus Christ comes back. And that's what we're waiting for. And uh, go to First Corinthians chapter 15 once more. First Corinthians chapter 15. And we'll see the harvest. This is the main harvest. This is when you're going out and uh, you take all your equipment and you go out there and you take most of the crop that is ready. Um, verse 51. So 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So this is talking about right here. You've got the dead, those that are buried in the ground. These are the righteous saints. Those that are dead in the ground will be raised up. So those uh, souls that are in heaven right now are going to come down. They're going to uh, meet uh, in the clouds with their bodies and they're going to reunite and they're going to go together and God's going to make them a brand new body that's raised incorruptible. And then it says us that are alive right now and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. I mean, this flesh right now, we can die at any time. It's mortal. But one day, we're going to put on immortality when we'll never die again. Verse 54, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. 
O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, praise the Lord. Someday he's going to come back. It could be any time. It could be right now. It could be tonight when we're doing this podcast. Jesus Christ could come back. And what's going to happen is those saints, those bodies that are in the ground, they're going to come up. They're going to go into the, uh, the souls are going to go into them. And then also we're going to go up and God's going to change our bodies into a perfect body, just like Jesus Christ. And this all takes place. And this is called the harvest. Now you've got the gleanings, which I told you about before. And again, this is all part of the first resurrection. Now the gleanings is the part that uh, becomes ripe afterwards, after all this is done and over with. And we see that through the tribulation, after the rapture happens, there's seven years of tribulation. Now, through the tribulation, we see that there's actually uh, those that are saved in the tribulation will actually be resurrected, taken up to heaven. Now, if you look in uh, Revelation chapter, let's see, 20 verse 4, Revelation 20 verse 4, I'm not going to go into this too much because this can be definitely another study that we can go into. But Revelation chapter 20, actually, let's go to Revelation chapter 7. I'm sorry. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. The Bible says, After this I behold, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all the nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne uh, and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. So this is in heaven. Uh, this is after this is uh, taken out of the great tribulation. Verse 10, And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. So here, uh, John, the apostle John, is seeing all this, and he's wondering what's going on. Verse 11, And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders, and the four beasts, and uh, fell before the throne on their faces, and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So here's people that says came out of the great tribulation. These are people that have been raptured out, um, out of the tribulation time. So the first resurrection is, uh, has three parts. Again, like I said, the first fruits, the harvest, and the gleanings. Now listen, you want to be in the harvest. The, the first fruits have already taken place, like we've see, seen before. The harvest now is a rapture that could take place at any time. You want to get out of here now. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior to be part of this. If not, you're going to go through that seven years of tribulation and uh, the Bible says right off the bat, two-thirds of the world is going to die. Uh, doubtful that you'll ever, ever get saved and go to heaven. Now, uh, let's go over um, uh, the, uh, the other resurrection here that we've got, the resurrection that you, you don't want to go to. Now, this is the resurrection of the unjust, and it's uh, the resurrection of, of hell. I mean, this is, this is uh, after the thousand years has been already done, the millennial kingdom, and God's going to wipe away the earth, uh, the the heavens, and uh, look at uh, look at verse uh, Revelation twenty verse five. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Again, you want to be part of the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is the sand of the sea. 
Um, let's go out again to verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. Now this is the second resurrection, those that take place in the second resurrection and you don't want to be take part of this. Verse 12, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book were opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. So what's going to happen is those souls that are in hell right now, that are burning in hell, are going to be reunited with their bodies, and they're going to be brought up to this white throne judgment. And the Bible says right here, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death in hell. So you've got the death right there, the bodies, and you've got those that are in hell, their souls, delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Verse 14, And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. So the bottom line is, is that you've got the first resurrection, which is in three parts. And we can see here that that, that part that we're going to come up to now is the harvest that could happen at any time. You want to be saved now, because if you don't take part in that, uh, you got this, uh, the second resurrection, which is the resurrection of the dead, which is ultimately you're going to be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. The Bible says that it's a place of wailing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, it's a place of outer darkness, and uh, it's a place you don't want to go. Now, us as Christians, we can know many things. Now, a lot of people uh, talk about that you can't know many things, uh, but we have a no-so salvation. And uh, in closing here, I just want to say three things that the Bible says that we can know. There's many, many, many things that the Bible says we can know, but uh, I picked these three for tonight. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11, the Bible says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You can know for sure that you have eternal life in heaven and not in hell by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, by believing on him and accepting only his finished work on that cross. That's a know. That's a knowing, a knowledge that we can have. Now look at another knowledge we can have. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now if you're a Christian... And uh, you're worried about uh, if, if I die, this body, you know, um, goes into the grave, what's going to happen? Look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. This is Paul speaking. He says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, he's talking about his uh, flesh, his body, we have a building of God in house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now look, uh, go over to verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that, Whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I mean, here's a knowledge that we can know for sure that we have eternal life. And here's another knowledge that if this body goes out, if this body gives up and you've accepted Christ as your Savior, right then and there, you're going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your soul is going to go to heaven and be with Jesus Christ. Now, uh, the last one. Go to First John chapter 3. This is another thing that us as Christians can know. And if you're listening tonight and you don't know any of these three things right now, uh, you want to get this settled right away. They have eternal consequences. 
1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, this is the harvest, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. This is called the blessed hope. This is the harvest. This is the rapture. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to change our vile bodies that we have right now into a glorious body. And we're going to go and be with Jesus Christ for eternity. I pray that if anybody here listening tonight uh, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, you don't know 100% sure that you're going to heaven. You get that settled tonight. Um, Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ died. He was buried and he rose again. Uh, And if you accept him, only him and his work, finished work, nothing you could do as your savior and repent of your sins, uh, he'll take you and uh, you'll be a son of God and go to heaven. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Good study. Guys, any comments? Well, um, yeah, I suppose. I mean, Matt covered a lot of ground as as he normally does and did a good job. <laughs> now, see, there you go, man, <laughs> thinking the worst. Uh, I just want to uh, tag along a little bit uh, towards what you were saying there at the end. Uh, uh, in First Thessalonians chapter four, uh, it's another uh, portion of scripture that talks about uh, the harvest that you you referenced uh, the the. Uh, uh, resurrection, uh, when the Lord comes back to take his saints home, uh, the church. And it says this in verse 13, it says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, those that have died, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Uh, those that aren't partic- are going to be participating in the first resurrection, uh, as it describes here, have no hope. Yeah. And, uh, and they have a sorrow. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, when when people are have not trusted Christ as their Savior, and those that bury them uh, don't know where they're going to go when they die, or, or don't know where their loved one has gone when they've died, uh, they sorrow, and they sorrow greatly because they have no promise that they'll ever be able to see them again. Uh, but the Christian has that promise. Uh, and it says there again, I'll read that verse, it says, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. And, of course, uh, goes on to say some other things there in verse 17, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, talking about those that are asleep, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Uh, those that have died before us and those that are alive at the, at the return of the Lord will meet together again and will be forever with the Lord. And the thing that I, that I want to draw a uh, conclusion with is, the, is that last verse there in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. You know, death is, is a, a hard thing to go through. Uh, just being in two funerals here the, this past week, and uh, potentially facing another one here pretty soon, uh, it is a sorrow to to go through uh, the physical absence of of the person that you love. Um, but if you're saved and born again, you don't have to have that sorrow because you have the confidence from the Word of God that you'll be able to see them again. 
So, uh, again, as you've already admonished the, the, the listeners, and I would admonish them as well, to make sure that you're part of that first resurrection. Uh, trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior so that you will be able to go out in the harvest when the Lord comes back to take his own. Amen. Amen. I'd like to uh, just add, there was certainly a wealth of material that uh, Matthew covered and one of the great things, as it's been mentioned before about the podcast, is that uh, you can pause and not miss the end of the message. So you might want to, as you go through this, uh, again, just for studies, just to pause, look up the verses, and uh, compare Scripture with Scripture. And Matthew was uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, which is called the Great Resurrection Chapter by a lot of uh, folks. And I know he was around this place, and I, I'm not certain that he actually mentioned this verse, but whether or not he did, I'd, I'd like to just bring it up. But in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, and in verse 17, and then following, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen are in, asleep in Christ are perished. He's going through a hypothetical situation and then said this, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Unless you think that that's what he thought, he went and said, but now is Christ risen from the dead. And then I believe Matthew quoted this, uh, and, and become the first fruits of them that slept. And uh, he may have quoted that or, or down in verse 23. But uh, the truth of the matter is, because of the fact that uh, as Christians, we've got to do battle and, and spiritual warfare. We've got to oppose the, the status quo in the world and the which ways everybody's going. And, and we've got to do a lot of battles. If you look at Paul's life, um, he had a lot of blessings, but he had a lot of battles. Read his resume sometime in, uh, over there in, I believe it's 2 Corinthians uh, 11. Uh, or First Corinthians 11, one of those two places, and he'll tell you about some of the things that he went through. And as you read through those things, you can certainly understand what he means. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But thank God, uh, for since by man came death, yes. by man came also the resurrection Amen. of the dead. Yes. Amen. And since Christ rose from the dead, uh, thank God we can follow. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, that's going to do it for our brand new episode for 2010. Seems like I, seems like the future is here. I just have to say, uh, these guys are kicked off the podcast because they said amen. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no amen in here. <laughs> we overrule that. <laughs> uh, yeah, amen is spoken here. Praise the Lord. That'd be tough. That'd be tough, you know, if you really had to be... Get excited, yeah. Couldn't say anything? You have to quench the spirit. Huh. I tell you what, when I was at the... Uh, we were talking about uh, the Messiah, Handel's Messiah that Brother Steve was at and his family and they were singing and that it was real hard. I told him I had to bite my tongue on my lips a lot to say amen. I was about ready to shout out amen a bunch of times. So I guess I could, I felt a little bit how that would be to go to that college. So Steve, you're going to bring the next one for us? Yes, I am. All it's right. called uh, Fruits, Gifts, and Signs. Amen. So we're going to find out uh, which one of those are you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, amen. I'm a fruit. <laughs> Well, uh, I would be the gift. So. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, because that leaves uh, Pastor Strobel or Matt to be the sign. <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm also I'm also going to do a little updating on the website, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll look for your good profile shot there, Pastor Strobel. <laughs> yes. If we take a, a hit in the uh, or drop in the hits, we'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Couldn't do any worse than what we've already been doing, everyone, <laughs> with our mugs up there. <laughs> I think it was you, Pastor Strobel, that called the three students, didn't you? Yeah. Right. So, so I guess that makes me what? Uh, Shemp? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Well, we'll see everybody next time. Yeah, Get This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.